Hey guys, are you ready for some power spread evolution? This is Drew Pagliari. We're going to be looking at football from all different angles, looking at coaches, players, the past, the present, the future. We're going to do it all. We're going to have a blast doing it, and we're going to have some open minds along the way, some different takes along the way, and by God, a little bit of evolution. Power spread way. throw this preview out as a part one because I have a lot more stuff I want to look at and get into and probably put out part two no later than Monday since they're playing Monday night. Uh, but I, I just felt like I wanted to throw something out quick without all the heavy analysis with the narrative that TCU definitely has a chance. I would take the points if they're getting all those points. I would take them with the points. Maybe they'll lose a close one. But that even bothers me to say that because even though Georgia's culture is so strong right now and, you know, Stenson Bennett is a baller and Kirby Smart's a baller and he's got great coaches and it's a great stuff going on there. And they pulled out the games they have to pull out, especially last week in the semifinals, down two touchdowns at least, I think it was, and twice in the game. It was ridiculous. And, and, and very improbable circumstances. I'll go over that in my review of that game. Um, yeah, they're ballers, man. And do they pull out games against any other of the 130-some teams in the in, in FBS, in college football? Yeah, definitely. But I don't know against TCU. I have been, you know, following along slowly with TCU. I figured, you know, I was excited to see how Sonny Dykes would do there. He had brought some good coordinators with him. He's been a really good coordinator himself and a head coach. And remember, the program was great under Gary Patterson. It just sort of slid the last couple of years. So, And they had a whole lot of guys coming back. So I figured they weren't going to be as bad as maybe everybody thought. Maybe they could get to eight or nine wins, get a nice bowl game. You know, what happened? No, I didn't see that coming. I don't know that anybody did. I mean, I mean basically undefeated, except for an overtime crazy loss, and while a lot of those games, yes, they could have ended up with nine, only nine wins or eight wins, if, but they won all. The, they had a lot of close games, but that was going to be the case. I mean, he came in, and that's uh, Dykes I'm talking about, and even though it was a, a pretty solid culture and a really good one for a long time, I mean, the pieces were there for him. But, wow, I mean, this is unbelievable what he did in one year. And we've seen that from a few teams this year, this year and, and, and some coaches. I mean, there might not be anything better than the turnaround at Duke. People talk about Tulane, but Tulane was solid with uh, Willie Fritz, and he's a longtime good coach, and it was coming. I mean, they were going to be really good. I mean, this good? No, we didn't expect that. But, yeah, no, there was a lot of good stuff that happened this year as far as turnarounds. But, yeah, no, this is unbelievable what they did. And as the year went on, I kept checking in on the games, and I kept looking at their close wins and, and checking all the – analyze you know, looking at the game, you know, analyzing the, the replays or highlights on those – end of those games and just like I mean they're not the most talented I don't know I, I, even in the top four top ten I'm not sure I, I don't know where they fit in there I don't think they're in the top four as far as just talent um, their coaches are real good but a lot of teams have real good coaches now doing all kinds of power spread stuff uh, the culture was great it was it's it, there was some things that went down lately dykes bam all of a sudden it's great you know, uh, Duggan's a baller every bit as much as Stinson Bennett. It, there's, I mean, he might be the biggest baller of all this year because 
what he did at the end of that Kansas State game, it just blew me away. Like, I mean, the guy, they almost had to carry him off the field. I mean, he, he literally almost couldn't get up when he went to the end zone at the end of the game, in an overtime, I think, or whatever it was, the end of the game, and still was able to throw a pass off his back foot for the two-point conversion. Um, almost made another touchdown in the overtime with just inches short, and then they got stopped on third and fourth and goal because Kansas State was just balling out, and then they were able to win by field goal. That's the only game they lost. After that game, I was like, no, this team is going to be hard to knock out of the playoffs. I don't care about anyone. And, yeah, they aren't even that close to the other three that were in the playoffs. I, I actually think Ohio State was the best team coming into the year. I really thought they could – I thought them and Alabama was going to go down to those two. Uh, kind of, Yeah, like I really went out on a limb on that one. Um, I didn't think – I thought Georgia would be in the playoffs again. You know, uh, I didn't think they'd win it again. Um, and, yeah, I didn't think it would be Clemson, which has been the usual of late. Uh, I thought there was going to be a surprise fourth team. Well, that was TCU. But I didn't think it would be TCU. I thought, I thought possibly Utah, though I was very disappointed in their opening game with Florida. And um, I had a couple other thoughts. <laughs> one I don't want to say. <laughs> I actually thought Venables might make a big splash at Oklahoma. But I had no – that's the other part about this. You have Mike Elko takes over Duke. He's never a head coach before, a great defensive coordinator. He did great, but in a completely different situation, a completely different environment. And his greatness would look like a bad year for Oklahoma. Whereas Oklahoma, Venables, uh, you know, it looks like a real bad year for him on his end because of the expectations at Oklahoma. And again, but another guy that, you know, you, you just don't know. You don't know what, and you, the jury's still out. I, I, I've watched a lot of Oklahoma, and I think the jury's out there. I don't think Venables is a bad head coach. We'll find out. I, I think he has a chance to be a good one. We'll see. But the point is, back to TCU. So after the Kansas State game, yeah, I don't care the talent, the executions, uh, who's going to the pros, who's going to be a pro quarterback. Um, it doesn't, none of that really matters. It just matters who's going to be the better team on that day. It doesn't matter if the TCU isn't even in the top 10. It does not matter. They're here. They're playing Monday night. Who wins that game? That's all that matters. And on that day, it could be either one. And, uh, and, and as far as on Georgia's side, you know, I knew they'd be really good. They sure we all did, right? I didn't think it's dominant as far as undefeated. Really didn't have that many close. Ch- they had a couple bad games, Missouri and Kentucky. Um, and then really down two touchdowns at several times against Ohio State. Yeah, totally could have lost that. When you watch their film, and that's, I've watched, been watching a lot of it. I, I didn't all year, to be honest. I knew Todd Munkin's stuff, the offensive coordinator, very good. I knew Will Muschamp's. People think of him as a Saban guy. He's had some other guys in his background, too. Um, he's, like, to me, almost Saban plus. I like him. I think he's a little more creative than Saban, to be honest. But, but I think Will Muschamp's, you can say what you want about him as a head coach. As a defensive coordinator, I think he's great. Uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Schumann. Is a guy that people don't know. He, his dad was Eric Schumann. Goes back to Bill Oliver, big time. And so does, by the way, Will Muschamps. They both had Bill Oliver, the great defensive back coach at Alabama back in the day with Bear Bryant. Um, it was coming up with his own stuff ahead of its time. Uh, then Joe Lee Dunn. Was also, and, and Joe Lee Dunn and Bill Oliver were like next to next to each other. Like Bill, Joe Lee Dunn was the crazy side of Bill Oliver where he would really mix crazy stuff up in the front, rush nine or, or drop them all off and rush one. I, he just did all kinds of wild stuff. And, and it, but it paved the way. The experimentation paved the way for where we are today. Um, so, so Eric Schumann, Glenn's dad, had both of those coaches and he, he coached with. 
So, and that, that rubs off on, on Glenn. So you, then you have that going on. And of course, Kirby's smart, knows his stuff. He's smart, <laughs> no pun intended. So anyway, no, obviously a Saban guy and, and Jeremy Pruitt's in there and, and some other influences. So yeah, there, I'll, I'll see if I can get some video breakdown on that. Um, some really cool stuff going on there on the defense. Uh, on the offense, Todd Munkin. I, and yeah, a lot of talent. No one recruits better than... Georgia right now, not even Alabama. I don't know who's better between them and Alabama. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They're both, at one point in the last 10 years, there was a time where I think Alabama was pulling away from everyone and maybe having the best recruiting of all time. I mean, it's hard to know a lot, but, but you know, it, it was incredible. I think Ohio State was right behind them. I think Urban Meyer's recruiting kept getting better, to be honest. I, I don't know if anyone agrees with me on that. But anyway, I thought, you know, it wasn't, I just thought he became he got better. I thought Ryan Day's done a good job for the time. And he's a new coach. I don't know. I thought there's been there's a Ohio State's had a lot of talent. Clemson had a lot of talent recruit high recruiting. Um, I don't know if I'm forgetting someone. Oklahoma to a degree, but I, I think it's like Ohio State and Clemson. But Georgia really went to the next level, and I think Ohio State's right there too, right behind, right with them, right behind them maybe. But I mean Georgia's like <laughs> so the talent is definitely everybody's right about that. Tons of talent. Though it's odd that they have a quarterback that's sort of a walk-on-ish quarterback, not trying to be whatever, but it is, he is. It's interesting. He's very much like Max Duggan. They're both just guys that should be in the XFL, I think. I, I think they're going to be great in the XFL. I'm not trying to make a joke. I mean, I don't know that they have enough to be a, an NFL quarterback um, or a starter anyway. But, but maybe, maybe because the NFL schemes are changing a lot, but you're going to have to use them in a certain way. You can't, it's like that guy Heineke. At the Redskins or, or the guy at the Patriots, Zappy. You've got to use them a certain way. You can't, it's not going to be big time drop back, Ben Rothensberger, uh, Tom Brady stuff. So, so they have these two ballers at quarterback, I mean, on, on both sides. But yeah, no, Georgia has a lot of talent. But when you start to look at the film, I, you see, and, and, and the guy, uh, Zach Smith at Menace Sports, uh, check it out. He has a Patreon. It's not that much, and it's well worth it. Uh, that his video breakdowns are great. And what's really cool for people, I played the game. I actually played with Greg Schiano. Uh, he was my, our captain at Bucknell when I played. So I'm sort of dating myself. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I played the game. I know what it's like to be under um, wild coaches. <laughs> uh, I know what it's like to be in film room, all that different stuff. Um, but for those who don't, you kind of get the coach's feel from Zach, which is really cool. And he knows his stuff, obviously. And so he's, you know, he's giving you, and he's giving you verbiage, too, that I kind of make up my own a little bit. I, I use the verbiage. I know the verbiage to a degree. And then I, I, I throw, there's another guy, that Cody Alexander, I think his name is great stuff on the defensive side, match quarters. He, he's, and the defenses are so complicated now. He does great breakdowns, too. To both these guys, I mean, I would check into these guys for that heavy, heavy analysis. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I've been checking it. My, I'm always checking. I'm always analyzing. I'm going to get back to some of my video breakdowns as well. Uh, and, and I like to do it a little. I, I like to make it understandable for the fan more, though. I think these guys are pretty understandable for the fans. Totally. I, I don't know, but it's hard for me to know because I know this stuff. So I'm not sure. But anyways, but I, but I, but, you know, I hear, if, you know, everybody seems to love Zach's stuff. I'll tell you, and Cody's, both of these guys. So, you know, I, I, I definitely promote these two guys. But, um, yeah, I, I uh, from seeing all the Georgia stuff, they're, they're, it's true. There's problems in the offensive line. The receivers aren't that. The receivers are very average. Their tight ends are great. But honestly, the, the guy, that, the Washington kid, is just a monster. Bowers is great, but not a monster. That's my opinion, all right? 
but he's great. I'm just saying. But now the Washington kid has an injury, right? So, hmm, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, their tight ends are great. Everybody's right about that. The running backs, big recruits, big time talent, especially the Milton kids. You can see it. But it's, they're not great right now. They haven't been great. The offensive line's not been great by any stretch. Uh, yeah, that left tackle is a huge recruit. And he has a lot of talent. You can see it. He's not playing great. Sometimes, though, you have to be careful. You look at their bad games, Kentucky, Missouri. You could be getting emo- injuries, emotional letdowns, different things going on. It's, but then, you know, if you look at some of these guys like Zach Smith breaking down the technique, that doesn't change. Or if you want to try to watch every game and see if it does, but normally that doesn't change. It's not like one game you have great technique, the next game you don't. So um, the emotional swings, the injuries are what kind of or the inconsistency there. But, yeah, I mean, they're great on offense because they have a great offensive coordinator, they have a baller at quarterback, and they have a lot of talent. But they don't play as well as you might think. It's amazing, even though they've jammed out a lot of points because they do have a lot of talent. Then you go on the other side, and uh, that, that defense lost a lot of people. And we are like, well, they just... It's true. Kirby's smart. I love the best thing I like about Kirby schematically in a weird way. I could say it is his strategy. He uses a lot of players. I love that. He really pumps the players in. You get a lot of players in those games. And I just absolutely love that for many reasons. So you lose a lot of guys, but you've got a lot of experienced guys coming in anyway, filling in, you know, just next man up. Of course, he has got great recruiting. So the front seven, I even think that's a little overrated. And I think some people, not Jalen Carter, so don't start flipping out about that. But you know, Jalen Carter's a monster. But other guy, other area, I don't want to get into it maybe on the, on the part two. I'll, I'll talk more about that. But, but, but let's agree upon one thing. That defensive backfield does lit up big plays. They've been doing it all year. And they make mistakes. They, were, you know, they, didn't, you know, they did replace a lot of guys from last year. So just saying, okay, Ringo, yeah, cornerback. We know who's really great, but things happen. So, so in overall, Georgia's beatable. There's no doubt about it. This is not like – I honestly still wonder if, if – I, I, again, I, I, Bama's another analysis all completely, a whole other analysis. But seriously, <laughs> I thought Ohio State had the chance this year because Bama wasn't in there. I mean, Bama to me is still <laughs> it's a great team, and everybody's kind of – so, I mean, they did have a lot of close games, which is unusual for them, and they, they lost two of them. So – I think people are catching up, too. I think Saban's got to revisit the schemes again, you know, and, and the coordinator he has, especially on offense. Um, anyways, uh, so, no, so Georgia has strong culture, and, and they showed it again. Even if you, you jump on them, just like Ohio State, it didn't surprise me at all that Ohio State was doing what they were doing. That didn't surprise me. Uh, I mean, a little bit that they were getting up so much. But I, I, this off, that Ohio State offense... It hurt that they missed their slot receiver all year and he didn't play. And so they lost three great receivers coming into the year. That ended up being a big problem, an issue to a degree. But still with Harrison, I thought Abuka was going to have a big game and he did. So anyway, that was not a fluke what Ohio State did there. And this Georgia team is absolutely beatable. And now after what I've seen, I, I, after the Kansas State game, I there's no way I'm doubting TCU. So I said... They had, I mean, I, if I was forced against the wall, I'd pick Michigan, but I definitely had TCU as a possible win. I was like almost a toss-up to me. And I think, I forget what the points were now. I was like, take the points with TCU, you know. Um, I don't think the points were that much, but whatever. And, oh, no, they were. No, that's right. Michigan was a big favorite. I'm thinking of something else. So, yeah. No, I had TCU in the points. That's what I had. So, um, 
I th- I'd say it again, take TCU in the points. I really, I, I'm going to come back with more analysis, also injury reports, um, you know, uh, breaking down. I just want to say something about Gary Patterson. I don't know that I want to do that on the, on the last day, on the day of. But Gary Patterson, you know, was a great defensive coordinator and a great head coach. Really was. What went down, I don't know. How it finished, it is what it is. He wore out his time. Welcome, I guess. But, you know, he comes from Dennis Francione, okay? Another guy who knows how to head coach. A longtime ball coach. Uh, a guy that loved the spread option. Got that from Jim Wacker. Another really good coach. Jim Wacker got it from uh, Ben Griffith and with Manny Matsakis, developing this triple shoot idea, the run and shoot, but using the triple option out of it. So that's the early versions of power spread, ways to power it, spreading the spread run, the, 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 the power run, the spread pass, the power pass. It's all together. And, but, but that's not the way they did it. <laughs> it was more just spread option. But so Francione was always doing spread op. I mean, not Francione and then Patterson were doing the spread option. Um, and then Patterson eventually moved to the air raid guys. And then, so that fit perfect for Sonny Dykes, just saying. Um, on, on defense, he was an innovator, Gary Patterson. He's big time to split field stuff. When you say cover six, that's part cover two on one side, cover four on the other. Okay, um, that split field idea, the cover seven is a split field idea. Three over two and uh, four over three. Some, yeah, that's right. So you know, these, these in, in the kind of a bracket leverage ideal, um, all this stuff. No more double coverage out there. And Tony Romo can stop saying that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, so yeah, and, and, Fran- and uh, Patterson got that from uh, Gary Darnell. He was kind of the nickel guy, the 4-2 guy that kind of, sort of this idea of split field cover. And, and it went to Patterson, went to Chuck Dreisbeck, who then was a mentor of Jim Knowles. So that's where Jim Knowles, you know, is in that line. So, you know, so, so it, it, you know, Patterson, and besides all the scheme stuff, you know, the culture, you know, he knew how to run a program. He, TCU has been good a long time. So it's not like Sonny Dykes came into some bad situation. Uh, he had a lot of players, I think 18 starters, nine on each side, something like that. It's a lot of guys back. Then a, a baller at quarterback who turned into a baller in this program. So, but the fact that he did this all in one year <laughs> and, you know, basically undefeated except one overtime inches short, it is just unbelievable. And after that Kansas State game, I was like, I, I'm telling you, if they get killed, you can say, well, maybe they're going to be overwhelmed. But they weren't overwhelmed so far. They weren't overwhelmed all year and they weren't overwhelmed in the semifinal. I don't know why they'd be overwhelmed now. Uh, they have nothing to lose. I think they've been playing. They've had that feeling all year. It's going to be different next year when they're the hunted. Okay? And it's, there's no... We're here now. We're not here next year or last year. So who knows if Spike Dykes is going to have anything that comes... I'm not Spike. Sonny. Spike's with his father. Will Sonny Dykes have anything even close to what Patterson had? I don't know. Who knows? But for right now... Everybody keeps underrating this team. And now Georgia got the, the real championship game with Georgia and Ohio State. I would say, yeah, that was. <laughs> In some weird way, that was. I mean, I had Ohio State-Alabama, but if it wasn't going to be that, I would have had Ohio State-Georgia. And, and in some way, I, I think it kind of was the two best teams. I think Ohio State had some issues sort of worked that came together at the end finally. And I think Ryan Day is still a young coach progressing and evolving. I think he's going to get better. But anyways, so I think Ohio State sort of wasn't playing to their best until that last game. And at their best, 
and that Georgia's best. Those are the two best teams, probably. Yeah, and and the, both of those teams might have beaten Tennessee TCU that day. That's true, but now it's Monday night. It's a different day. Okay, and I'm just telling you, Georgia's beatable. Could they kill TCU? Absolutely. Uh, will they? I don't think so. And if it's really close, I don't think they. I think it's. I'll take Duggan over Bennett at this point. I mean, and Bennett's the next best out of the 130-some teams. I'm just saying Duggan first. I mean, Duggan so impressed me in that K-State game. And maybe I'm giving too much to that. So if I'm totally wrong, I'm totally wrong. But I'm sort of surprised that everybody's discounting TCU again. (laughs) I just can't believe it. Um, I understand it, but... (laughs) And, and that's the other thing. I don't know how many people are really discounting them. I don't, I don't know the beat out there. I don't know what the trend is. But if they're hearing a lot of the nonsense, like, you know, Michigan stunk. They were cocky. And they were, but whatever. JJ wasn't as good as whatever. And, and all this crap like that. And it's all on the boards like that. I mean, TCU got lucky. <laughs> you know, I don't know what everybody's saying. By the way, these games are played in domes and like on, Astro, on the turf. Not AstroTurf, but anyway, on the synthetic grass and... Um, which by the way, so much better. I had to play on AstroTurf back in the day, man. Pfft. No, this stuff now is incredible. I mean, I, and I actually have gotten to go on some of these fields <laughs> and I didn't want to come off because I just loved it. I was like a fool, man. I was like diving on the ground just to fill it. Like, oh my God, I wish we played in this. But anyway, no, um, but, the, but, but playing in, the, you know, these games aren't going to be in bad weather and these horrible weather we had during the bowl games and all that stuff. No, no. This is perfect for TCU's speed. You've got to understand this, too. It's just all setting up. And it's one of those things where I've seen this with teams all my life. Just, oh, I was a little kid. Well, I was following the Bengals as a little guy. And some BS and they lost to somebody. Was it the Oilers Oiler or Steelers? They had some upset and the Oilers won the division. I can't, 77 or something. I don't know. The, the crap in Ohio State lost to USC, Earl Bruce in those days with Art Schleister and that crap by one point. Um, it, was, it was New Year's Day. I think my cousin and I was screaming. We were yelling. The point is, like... There are things that happen all the time in games. And then there's magic in the air. There's magical years. And it just seems like TCU has that this year. It just seems like one of those years. But, yeah, no, Georgia is like the defending champ. They're, they're the new Alabama, seems like. I get it. I get it. But with all those points, I would definitely give the points to TCU. I mean, take TCU in the points. And, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. If TCU just completely runs out of steam, I don't know. I have more to look at. I have some more details to look at. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some more film work. And maybe I'll see some stuff that pulls me away from TCU. But I'll tell you right now, the film that I keep seeing on Georgia keeps making me think they're beatable by a, TC, by a lot of teams. They're beatable. They're not, you know, you know it, 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 there's one thing to have the recruiting and the, the talent. But then there's another thing to to live up to that talent that's another that's another story you know so anyways okay i'm out come back with another part two all right guys so hope we all learned a little something had a little fun i know i did i always do and until next time this is power spread studios over and out (laughs) 